Welcome to The Light Ahead, a fiction podcast that investigates the question, what would 2030 look like if the U.S. had an economy that truly worked and cared for everyone? Keep on pushing for a better future. Pushing for a better future. The U.S. has an imagination gap when it comes to the economy. We generally think that we have to choose one-ism or another, like capitalism or socialism. But the reality is... Our options are as diverse as those who can dream them because we continually create the economy every single day with our actions and choices. This podcast is designed to help us all practice expanding our economic imaginations to take us out of the what is and help us dream what could be. A production of Avalon Story and Beloved Economies. Each episode was co-created by a Hollywood screenwriter and a changemaker at the cutting edge of transforming our economy. For this project, we didn't ask them to tackle the question of how, but rather to dream, using the magic of storytelling to help us all imagine possible futures. Keep on pushing for a better future. Pushing for a better future. I'm Makia, your guide as we venture into future timelines built with possibility. In this episode, as with all episodes, we're headed into the year 2030 to get to know a woman who wakes up with no recent memory and finds herself in a very different world than one she remembers. In this new world, all humans are believed to have intrinsic value that is worth protecting. Throughout our time-traveling journey, we'll pull back the curtain to hear from the two collaborators responsible for this visionary tale. Dr. Jerome Segura III, an urban and regional economist, and Catherine Eaton, this story's writer and director. For now, make sure your preconceptions are powered down and your mind is unlocked in the expansive position. This is Fugue. Miss? Hello, miss? What? Excuse us, miss. No need to be concerned, but can we have a word? Oh. Hi there. Looks like you may be pulled over to sleep something off or break up a journey. What? I'll, I'll move along. Oh, no, no, no. You're welcome to sleep here. It's no problem. We just need you to pull further off the road. <laughs> Safety first, yes? New Year's especially. New Year's? Mm-hmm. Look over there. At that crack of light. The sun coming up on the first day of the new decade. Mm, slipping out like under the door where my kids say he be sleeping. <laughs> Hello, 2030. Where are we? Acadia Paris, Cher. Units on the highway. You okay, miss? You look a little... Whose truck is this? The truck's not yours? Who are you? What am I doing here? It's okay. It's okay. Stay calm. We're, we're Acadia local peacekeepers. These are our IDs. I'm Ree. This is Tyrone. Your dog be friendly, Cher. What's she called? You're the police? No. Police? Nah. Where are you from? It's been years since the police have been called on in this part of Louisiana. Early pandemic, I think. Civil Rights Act of 2022. Remember that, Ree? I know the one thing we did right. You're gonna have to forgive him. 
He was in diapers when we marched here. Oh, hold on, no, no, she is lying. I, I had chin hair when Universal Basic Care passed. Where are you from? I don't know. You don't know where you're from? I don't remember. And you don't know whose truck this is you're driving? I think I need the police. Or uh, a doctor. I think I need to go to a doctor. Can I use your phone? Please, give me your phone. Okay, okay, we can do that. But what do you remember? What's your name, miss? I don't know. She doesn't know her name. Has no wallet, no phone, no registration. They're totally functioning, mind you. Able to drive, do things, she answered questions. She has no idea what year it is. Didn't even know what peacekeepers were, nothing. She thought we was police. She started yelling she wanted to see a doctor. She gotta see a doctor. And we was thinking maybe she was drugged like Goofy, right? So we took her to the local med center. And the girl started panicking about the bill. Having no money and no way to pay. She didn't know nothing about universal health care, nothing about basic income, or anything from the last decade, really. It's a trip, man. Like she in a time capsule. But what was the result at the med center? They still there. But no drugs in the system. No injuries of any kind. She's freaked out, man. Who wouldn't be? I'll send it over to the elders' council to see if they've got any wisdom on this. You're overdue a require break, man. Go pick up your kid. Make him New Year's pancakes. Jay, making my kid pancakes is about as restful as a mud drag. What I need you to do right now is you need to check if there's anything in the home rule charter on unidentified persons. See if we can get her a temporary UBI. And also, see if records can run the VN. Paging Nurse Joseph LeClaire, please call extension 301. Nurse Joseph that's me, Dr. Leonard Jackson, and that's my information. Why does it say my name is Nona? That, that's a naming protocol biologists use to identify cells. The first two letters of the person's first and last name. In this case, no name, Nona, N-O-N-A. That okay? And this is an herbal tincture to take when you feel anxiety. It's also covered by universal health care and, yes, even for undocumented persons. I'll write you a prescription if this doesn't work. Our food supply chain is entirely local, but our medicinal supply chain isn't yet, so I prefer to lean on the local plant knowledge. Uh, you have my number. Uh, do you have any other questions? You're not from here. No. I moved here after the Equality Acts. Civil rights, labor. My ancestors were slaves here. I came to claim their land. Hmm. I'm not from here either. Judging by your accent. Not local, no. So why did I come here? To a place I don't know? In a truck? That may or may not be mine? It, it just Listen, doesn't... Listen, Nona. Something happened that set off this amnesia. The fugue state we talked about, and it brought you here. Whatever it was, it's something so outside of what you could even imagine for yourself that your brain couldn't fathom it. Literally unthinkable. I don't know what it was, but please be careful.
We'll be back to the story in just a minute. But first, let's pause and take a moment to hear about the making of Fugue. Again, I'm sitting down with Dr. Jerome Segura III, a regional economist who was born and raised in Louisiana, which inspired the location of this story. And this episode's writer and director, Catherine Eaton. There have been decades of movements fighting to reimagine public safety. And we're seeing one of these very different visions of policing in this future timeline. In this episode, one of the things we're dreaming into is how reimagining our approach to criminal justice would affect our future economy. Catherine, what was it like to take Jerome's vision of the future economy and turn it into this story we're listening to now? Help us imagine how that journey went. Sure, yeah. So that idea of assigning individuals' value came completely out of Jerome for me. It's something that I think that I believe on a personal level as a storyteller and just as a human. So the ground was fertile for me to want to make that jump into understanding how that then could be a part of our institutions and a part of our social structures. And I'd certainly seen it on the nonprofit level, but we don't, we certainly don't see it on a structural level. We might see it in individuals within structures, within institutions, but we don't see it on a structural level. So I was ready for that idea, but I could never frame it in a way that spoke to my pragmatic mind, the mind that had been told, be realistic, how can it work? And then Jerome came along and was able to show me that there is a path for that. And it's not in the wild future from where we are. In fact, it's much closer than it seems, but we have to shift our paradigm around people. So so even though it seems like we're really far from it now, it's only because we're currently feeding the wrong things. If we would just take the resources we have, just tip our perspective over from having to correct problems that we've created and instead prevent those problems, and not only prevent them, but create opportunity, what will happen is we'll have all these extraordinary people that are stepping into these communities. Ree, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You and Tyrone helping me. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. I hope you don't mind me saying, Nona. I'm gonna call you that now. But that's some retro broke-ass logic you got there. We're not going to leave you to the wolves, whatever your deal is. You've got inherent value, instincts, wisdom, mental acumen. I was taught that every human is capable of contributing to the communal store of wealth in some way. And then they have a right to draw on it. Humans are a resource worth protecting. Don't forget that. But the real resource around here is Tess's Jambalaya. Hey, all right. Hey, it's good to see you. Happy New Decade. Happy New Year to you, darling. So good to see you again. (laughs) Reed, what are we doing here? I'm hungry. No, seriously. Going to see if anyone recognizes you. But you know me if I'd been here. You clearly know everyone. Not everyone, but we pass a good time. It's how rural works. Reason it's such a brain drain on the cities. Hey, Joe, how's your mama and them? Table for two, please. They're like Disneyland now. The cities, tourist destinations. They still draw a crowd who want lots of options, but no one wants to live there anymore. 
crime, congestion, or to close up shop and sell tickets at the gate. Everyone wants to live rural now. When the wealth decentralized after the labor movement, everything followed. Education, health care, and people. Here you go, Reed. Thanks, Joe. Okay, here, Nona. Sit here while I find a sweet place for you and for Paul for the night. Okay. Bonjour, Cherie. Water for you? Mm, please, thanks. Back in a split. For this first day of the new decade, here at WAGE, we're playing only local music. You'll want to grab someone for a spin on the dance floor for this one. Come here, girl. You must be thirsty. No name either, huh? We can do better than that for your pooch. I'll get you a bowl, then set you up with some of Tessa's crawfish. Oh, oh no, no thank you. I don't have any money. Well, we work on barter for locals. Now, you came in with Reese, so you're good. Just let me know what you can exchange, yeah? Exchange? The only thing I have is a truck. And at this point, I'm thinking about trading that in for a Greek read. <laughs> no, no, no. Save the truck for my tip. Tip? <laughs> Man, don't nobody tip no more. Yo, Tubby. What you need? Grab me a bowl for the pooch, yes? Pooch bowl on the way. I'm joking, darling. I don't take a tip. It's not 1990. We're standard employee owned like pretty much everything around here. Uh, I'm sorry, but you didn't lost me there. Wow. You really never done barter business. What's barter business? Okay. How it works. You exchange whatever it is you make or do or an hour hauling things with that truck, for instance. Now, we got a chart for what it's worth. It's a free market, right? This is America. You can choose what you want to eat if your body is strong. But no singing for your supper, though. We nixed that year one. Nobody could get a word in. One bowl for the new pooch. Good to see you again, Bella. Wait, what? What do you mean again? Can you grab that server? You know, Tubby, huh? I thought you sounded like you're from not too far away. But we don't sound the same at all. Girl, you should be so lucky. But you said gree-gree. Now, only people from these parts do that, far as I know. There, see? In the song, gree-gree, just like you. I know this song. It's great, isn't it? That's my voice. That's me singing. That's my voice. Look in the hand, the victory is nearly won. It is you. That's you singing on the radio. Why didn't you say so? Biggie, bring it out. Hey, hey, everybody, quiet down. Listen up, listen up. This girl, the actual singer of this song. We got the real deal here. Gotta keep on rising up. No, we don't need luck. No need for savings or a Greek So pull up a chair, join with us and share. It's all about community. We'll take your tired, your poor, we got room for more. All those yearning to breathe free. 
Keep on pushing for a revolution. Pushing for an evolution. Hey! You just sang for your supper, girl. Who is Lucille? I think maybe you are. Jerome, how does the economy that's brought to life in Fugue differ from the economy that dictates our lives today? One of the big differences between what we saw in that story and what we see in reality is actually that deconcentration of wealth, wherein everything's cooperatively owned, as opposed to owned by some capitalist, which is different. Further, you could think about the stock market as it exists. And although that may in some ways decentralize wealth by means of a stockholder, it's still concentrating wealth among the most wealthiest of individuals. We have to face the fact that low to middle income households don't tend to hold very much stock. And as a result, don't really benefit from that system. So the opportunity for employee ownership, I think in itself is empowerment. But further in the economic data and research, what's shown is more often than not, businesses that are cooperatively owned are more resilient to economic shocks. So this is my house, Tubby? You grew up in this house, left for the service, and came back 10 years ago. Your pa has Alzheimer's, stays in the assisted living co-op in town. No ma around, any bells. Place feels vaguely familiar. Hmm. Let's see. Well, up, you're a mushroom farmer now. You're part of the Acadiana Food Supply Chain Co-op. Well, that's how we met. I used to work in the kitchen at Tessa's. Oh, you're in the band, too. <laughs> and you crazy with the sticks, girl. <laughs> okay, now, just the facts, Tubby. <laughs> right. Now, what's this? Uh, let's see. Um, you lobbied hard for childcare and mandatory early education. Said it would have changed your life. Do I lock the front door? Uh, well, maybe you should wait until Ree gets here to go inside. Tubby! Um, um, oh, my Lord. Stop messing with my drums. Now, if y'all needed a delivery, I could have driven out. <gasps> There's two of you? Oh, Mary What in the... Jesus. What in the hell is this? Lucille? Who now, is this some kind hey, of fucked you? up prank? Who is this woman? Uh, who are you? You? I heard her song, your song on the radio at Tessa's. And either I'm Nona. seeing double or there's two of you. Nona! Nona! Tyrone heard back from state police. Your name isn't Lucille. Holy Mary, there's two of you. I'm really hoping you two know each other. No idea. No, indeed. You're not sisters? Like identical sisters? I don't remember. I don't have no sister. Well, hey, now. Could they be clones? Maybe there's some kind of the sci-fi shit you see on... Tubby. Tubby. You, you don't know her? Man, look, I'm freaking out. No idea I don't know this woman. Now, why is there a peacekeeper here? What the hell is going on? Okay. Let's all take a breath. Here's what I've learned. Nona, your actual name is Celeste Boudreaux. You picked up the truck 300 miles from here after you were released from North Louisiana's nonprofit correctional center two days ago. Prison? You served 10 years. You're out on parole. So are we just putting the whole clone thing to bed then? Tubby, if you don't get your... Tubby, maybe you could take a look. All right, all right, all right. Okay, I gotta get back anyhow. But 
which every one of you Lucille's had your tongue down my throat a few years ago. That one. Call me later. Nona, the truck and the dog are your mama's. I'm sorry she passed away a few days before you were released. She's the only family you had. Listed, anyway. Are you saying, are we, so are we sisters? Because my head is exploding. She sang that song. What? The song you recorded. Mama sang it to me. I learned that song from my father. Ray, what did I do? Why was I in jail? Am I violent? Nona, let's wait. What, ten years ago? Yes, ten years. In New Orleans, down at the march? How did you know that? Tell me what I did, Ree. I need to know. Nona, it would be safer if we just get in the car. So, I am violent. It was an accident. No, there was a bunch of us. Veterans was opposing the use of military force against Americans. We set off a small explosion to close the road. It scared the shit out of me. But no one got hurt. They told me no one was hurt. Look, I ran here. No one was hurt, right? Ree, right? They had eyewitnesses who ID'd Nona as the person there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What did I do? What happens now? I have no idea. You do at your parole officers. Oh, she'll have to serve time. Oh, you need to report the mistake. She'll have to serve the same sentence I did. Well, the laws have been reformed, but she might. Ten years. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that to you. Humans are a resource. Nona, that's true. You said that, Ree. Humans are a resource worth protecting. No. No, I won't report her. I'll go back. Then let's switch. What? We switch places. That's insane. It's a different kind of justice. You have a life here. And what about hers? She can't do this. She doesn't even know her name. She doesn't even know what year it is. It's 2030 is when we take care of our own. Wow, when we take care of our own. Catherine, what's an example of something Jerome said that you'd never thought of before? One of the things that was extraordinary to me was that the concentration of wealth and opportunity in urban centers is in many ways rooted in our not understanding that human beings are actually a resource to be cultivated. And when we don't realize that human beings, each individual human being is a resource that can be a value add to a community and a value add to an economy. And when we don't treat them that way, then what happens is they become a drain on the economy and a drain on the community. And if we could just literally just shift our position and our perspective to see people as valuable each individual as valuable rather than some sort of drain, then we would be able to shift so much around the way the economy works, but also the way that we relate to each other and our own sense of well-being and the quality of our lives. Jerome, what is happening today that's already bringing us closer to the world of this episode? Traditional employment's really challenged post-pandemic. Employers can't find employees at current wages, current working conditions, and current compensation levels. And by compensation, that's not limited to wages. And so I think you're already starting to see some of those labor shifts occur, if not indirectly. We're starting to see those changes in policing as well, I believe. 
there was a huge trial around the murder of George Floyd. And that police officer was found guilty. That's monumental, in fact. And then also, as a parent to two young children, we're now getting monthly checks from the federal government. Sure seems like the beginnings of a basic income. The numbers are still disappointing because $400 a month for two children pays for childcare for one week and one week's worth of groceries. So we're still a long way from numbers that actually make sense. But I think those three things alone are already starting to occur. Yes, we're already seeing a slight glimpse into this possible future. We'll be exploring even more possible futures in upcoming episodes, from cooperative businesses to indigenous lifeways. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed your trip into the future and can now see the light ahead a little more clearly. The Light Ahead is a production of Avalon Story and Beloved Economies. Based on six years of research in collaboration with over 100 groups across the U.S., the Beloved Economies campaign is sharing stories, practices, tools, and tips to expand imaginations of what is possible for our economy. Avalon Story is a center of practice based in Ketchum, Idaho, to help birth the future of story by investigating two questions. What does story need to be to build us a bridge to a more beautiful future? And what does the business of story need to be to serve as a vehicle for the same? The Light Ahead is a Beloved Economies and Avalon Story production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Makia Martin. The Light Ahead was co-created by Naomi McDougall-Jones and Jess Remington. It is executive produced by Naomi McDougall-Jones, who is also our showrunner of Avalon Story, Joanna Saya and Jess Remington of Beloved Economies, and Michelle Corey of Frequency Media. It is produced by Lila Yantube and Heidi Rudvotes and co-produced by Lauren Ressler and Sonia Sarkar of Beloved Economies. The fictional portion of this episode was produced by Avalon Story, written and directed by Katherine Eaton, based on conversations with and the ideas of Dr. Jerome Segura III. Featuring performances by Lawrence Ballard, A.J. Clark, Susan Marie Bennett, Katherine Eaton, Philip Manuel, and Lori Elizabeth Parquet. Production coordinated by Marley Newman. Sound design by John Flores. Sound mix by Rick Schnupp. And our sound intern was Alan Lindsay. The nonfiction portion of this episode was produced by Frequency Media, with dialogue editing by Sydney Evans and mixing by Matthew Ernest Filler. Our theme music was written and performed by Alicia K. Hall, Jeffrey Archie, and B.I.G. Patty. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.